that era of like they're not switching over to the the radio friendly rock stuff but it like works perfectly because it's still ripping off the replacements entirely but yeah i was also really excited um about the dancehall crashers <laughs> track on this i was a huge dancehall crashers fan when i was a kid i have a dancehall crashers hoodie that i bought from the cd insert like mailer catalog <laughs> thing that you used to get when you would buy one of their cds um so that was very exciting because I also like, I hadn't seen this movie before we watched it for this, but I knew the soundtrack existed almost exclusively because of that Green Day song. Yeah, yeah. Because the Green Day song didn't appear on any of their other records. It was like... B-side, yeah. Right? Yeah. It was just out there for the movie or a B-side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that song is so good. <laughs> remember back then when songs would just be exclusively for soundtracks? That was an interesting... <laughs> Yeah, I kind of miss. We just did um, the Basil Lemon Romeo and Juliet soundtrack with Desert Shot. Oh. And like, that's another one where like, there's a bunch of songs that are only on that soundtrack. And like, it's just, I don't think it happens anymore. It's it does not. It does not. We actually went into this whole deep dive of whether we think it does, but we're just too old to know about it. Like, highly oh, <laughs> possible to. Uh, but it's also like it's I feel like they definitely don't do this anymore uh like music videos with clips from the movie in them like so music videos for the song in the movie and they like splice clips of the movie in it like yeah and then it's just like the band playing somewhere nondescript and then it's just a clip from the movie yeah, yeah this got I don't I don't think that exists anymore. oh no I don't the classic era for that is just like Brian Adams playing his guitar in a wood, in the woods, and then it just turns <laughs> to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> just the, like, yeah. the biggest songs in the world attached to these like gigantic movies. Absolutely. I mean, I I think of uh, I mean to stay on the subject of Green Day, I think of uh, and this was a fail, I think, but the Godzilla soundtrack had that weird Brains Two remix yeah yeah that maybe had a video where they tied the, the two together and i was like i don't do this so maybe it's for the best they don't they don't do i mean godzilla might be the movie that killed the blockbuster soundtrack because that had like that had the puff daddy led zeppelin song on it yeah yeah it also had the jamiroquai wow. song on it that had a oh. it had that it was called deeper underground and wow. he was like dancing on seats in a movie theater and then like Godzilla was like coming out of the screen. <laughs> it was a very nice even... video. Sure. Yeah. Wow. I I would I had that soundtrack and that was also a time where I would buy soundtracks and admittedly sometime albums just to listen to like three songs. So I definitely only listened to like three songs on the Godzilla album. Um, I might have actually done that with Angus initially, to be perfectly honest, because I think, I think I chose this movie because it, it stood the test of time, and probably now is even more important to me. Like looking back at it now that I, I'm like, oh shit, the Muffs are great. Like, or uh, I get Dancehall Crashers. Well, Dancehall Crashers I knew a bit back then, but like uh, even Love Spit Love, which um, is the singer of Psychedelic Furs, I think, and uh, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just appreciate it so much more uh, now. And I, the movie and soundtrack, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen these were, movie and soundtrack were both new to me. I don't, 
I don't know if they were released in the UK, but they passed me by if they were. But like, what was interesting to me was the appearance of the band Ash on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's funny, I was like, I guess Ash were punk. Like I never like, it, they made sense in the context of the songs around them, but I never thought of them in that world at all. Yeah, and the song the song does fit. I mean, let me see who else is on here. Riverdale's. Yeah, it all it all comes to I think the one outlier for me is the Love Spit Love song, but it's so good and it's like kind of the culmination of the yeah, I think it's the last song. And that's the that's the epic one that they play um I think in the beginning. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I meant to watch Angus and I just didn't get a chance to this week, but I've seen it enough times that I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I know what's going on. But it also has like Squeeze and Mazzy Star, which I, I love both of those bands. Uh, so, so having them uh, on this soundtrack was also, it was like, it was left field if you just were listening to the soundtrack removed from the movie. Yeah. But all of these songs are actually placed in the movie really well. Like that's something we've been talking about with people too, is how the the songs like not only make up a great soundtrack, but they help like progress the story and set a mood as opposed to just kind of being background music. Like, so these songs, they, they feel kind of all over the place on the soundtrack, but if you sort of know where they're coming from the movie, it, it really works and it like helps bring a lot of emotion and feeling to, to the movie itself. It's like that dance scene yeah, you're going to play Mazzy Star. Of course you're going to play Mazzy Star in the, like, beautiful school dance scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it really brings together, like, that kind of slacker teen movie aesthetic that they're going for. I think it's, like, the perfect soundtrack for that. Um, again, it really reminds me of Can't Hardly Wait in that way, but I think this was a little bit more of, like, a kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, like, kind of elite soundtrack. I mean... It's some jams on here, like the Weezer song off of Pinkerton. That's a that's a good yeah. Um, yeah, I. What we uh, what we discovered, which was kind of makes sense, was like the two guys who were the music supervisors on the movie were managing Green Day and the Muffs at the time. Uh, oh, <laughs> it all comes together now. Yeah. So like they just cut because the Green Day. Yeah, the, the Green Day being like the one band that's referenced in the movie and like the huge hit from the soundtrack and all the stuff like, and it was perfectly placed between Dookie and um, Insomniac. Like, yeah, some somebody was really, really scheming on that one. It was a good move. It was the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also, that was also a time where I, I think I was listening to bands like that. Um, and nobody really else that I knew was I didn't, like kids in my school didn't really listen to that stuff. So I felt like I found this thing I can connect. And Green Day was like my favorite band. I mean, then and now, but then was like, I was just getting into it. And I was like, oh, what is this band? And like, it, it just, all the other kinds of bands like them, like Lookout Bands, like Dillinger 4, all these kind of surrounding uh, California bands too. And I was like, I was like, I don't see movies with Green Day in it. Like, this is awesome. 
Uh, I mean, of course, they're pretty huge at this point, but I don't really see that in my everyday life. So having this like little this movie, this thing that to me, a lot of people didn't know. Uh, I was just I felt super connected to it. I was like, oh, this is this awesome thing that I have. And I get to watch James Vanderbeek win Green Day tickets and pretty. <laughs> so were you already playing music when this soundtrack was a part of your life? And, you know, how did these songs kind of inspire your own musical journey? I I wasn't playing because I was probably su- when was it? What, it was ninety five right so I, I I was super young when it came out but I think it was definitely starting my my general music journey of wanting to play music I probably soon after I got a guitar and um, it also I mean it started my love for movies so it was like this movie this movie that I could you know at a really young age relate to um, and also with music that I could relate to and I think it started both journeys into like you know having a passion for music and and really loving films that I identify with um but I think I think this the it's almost subconsciously like the 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 aesthetic of this album like you said all these songs are kind of different but they they kind of come together I think my musical tastes have somehow just almost subconsciously been influenced by a good portion of the soundtrack um sound wise um again i mean like that google doll song when i was young i was like this is a great song but I, I i tend to you know move towards music like that you know like again i i do the replacements comparison uh like tommy keen um and i think that definitely comes in to like depressed mode stuff um just like kind of kind of sad. i mean it's called depressed mode so you'd assume they were sad jams like uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the general aesthetic of that album over time has like definitely influenced not just depressed mode, but the things I listen to and the the things I I play for sure. Did Did you see this at the theater? Like, how were you old enough? No, I don't think so. I it's funny because I don't think I can even pinpoint the first time I saw it. But that back then I had cable. <laughs> it was like I was so excited as a, I, I as a young kid I had cable. And I just watched TV all the time um uh, uh like i i just i would see so many it's like this the start of this time where i would just watch so many just movies and television shows on cable um that i kind of have a weird just like index of useless tv and movies in my but um it was definitely on tv and it, it would be on tv all the time because that's what cable did i would just when angus had come out it was probably on all the time and I watched it. I think I probably bought the VHS at some point because I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't remember though. I, I definitely bought the soundtrack um, at, what did I buy it at? Maybe The Wiz? Nobody Beats The Wiz, if anyone remembers. <laughs> I mean, I kind of can't believe that I didn't see this movie when it came out because, that, but I have like such vivid memories of the, the cover artwork from the soundtrack it's like I feel like I saw the soundtrack everywhere and like I you know I ended up working in a lot of record stores over the course of my life and it was like a constant people were always buying it it was always around um but I was really it was I really enjoyed it like I, I had a feeling I was gonna like it but I really liked the movie um I mean Kathy Bates great right great she was great um, and George C. Scott as the grandfather. So good. So good. So good. And like, 
I'm, I'm like watching the movie and looking at his face. I'm like, I know this guy. I know he's a really famous actor. And like, I know he's legendary. What is it that I know him from? And then I realized it was Dr. Strange. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, this is the crazy, <laughs> totally unhinged guy in Dr. Strangelove. Incredible. He was great. It was really, and it was really sweet. Like the whole storyline was really sweet. And you really like, you're on this journey with this kid who's like, just try to get through and, and figure out who he is and stay true to it, you know? Yeah. And it was also like, he got bullied all the time, but you know, the, he, he also didn't take shit from he didn't he would constantly break jam james vanderbeek's nose throughout the whole movie so yeah. he fought back and that was really cool because in a lot of uh in a lot of those scenarios you know the the protagonist usually overcomes just you know by again see being true to himself um getting the uh, the girl in the end um but there's never it's never like they, they kind of win by living better but i kind of like that he just broke his nose every time without without fail and it was like he's he gets bullied and then he gets becomes a bigger person but um not that you should go around breaking people's noses but i i appreciate that like he didn't he he was he was bullied but he still like stood up for himself and and his grandpa was like you know don't you know he even i think at one point he criticizes kathy bates because she wants to send him away to school and he's basically like if if he runs away from like bullies it's just not going to help him um and he winds up you know living living his best life yeah and it wasn't just the like like nerds versus jocks kind of thing that you always see it's like angus is maybe a nerd but he was also on the football team. exactly yeah he's like you know it's so it kind of it turns a lot of this stuff on its head i think that you see in these kind of classic teen coming of age stories where they like set up these two opposing sides but the whole point is that like there are no sides everybody's kind of weird nobody's actually normal so like why are you trying to make everybody be the same thing oh yeah which james vanderbeek deserves to have his nose broken i agree you know? <laughs> that angus is the prequel to varsity blues <laughs> <laughs> um yeah totally unlike a few of the movies that we've talked about roger ebert loved this movie surprisingly <laughs> and there's a quote from him that's just like here it is at last, at long last, after years and years and years, a movie where the smart fat kid gets the girl and humiliates the football hero. I love it. I mean, when, it break, when you break it down so simply like that, I mean, it's a huge selling point for me at 11, whatever, however old I was, 12, 11, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was cool. It was cool to see that happen. Um, and again, he didn't have that helplessness like other characters do. Um, I also love his plum suit. I thought the plum suit. Yeah. Choice. Yeah. And he was also like a, you know, self-aware enough to like, you know, he's still helplessly in love with this girl, but he also knows that like his friend is like pretty skeezy and is <laughs> like kind of trying to do all the wrong things and is like giving him terrible advice. Like he, he knows he knows better than to take that advice, you know. Yeah. And I, and it, I weird skeezy that. little friend is also on the football team, which is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> also in Can't Hardly Wait. And he's probably scattered in multiple uh, 90s movies, I would imagine. Yeah. Also excited to see the girl from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. She made it out alive and she's dating Angus. Yeah. 
Um, but I guess the guy that played Angus, this is kind of, seems like pretty much all he did. Like, he, yeah. he was discovered in line at Wendy's, apparently. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I got brushed up on my Angus trivia. Well, he's just like the only person, if you look on the Wikipedia page, he's the only person that doesn't have a link on his name. Because he just, oh, yeah. what they talk yeah. about, you know. Dead. Uh, you know, if that's all he's ever done, I feel like we've he's he's given us enough. That's it. <laughs> don't ruin it with anything else. Right. You don't yeah. um, see him like get all Hollywood and get a haircut and turn up in something else. You know? That's not yeah, no. Like like pull a Jonah Hill or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where you kind of look <laughs> you look too normal now. <laughs> yeah, I also, I mean, I it had that the when the when his grandpa uh when his grandpa dies that was really sad um and um i don't know that, that definitely bummed me out i really felt it and again that's part of like what drew me to like the emotional <laughs> aspect of movies like i really i really felt that scene when they uh when he walks in on and the grandpa has passed away um very similar to like slc punk when when heroin bob dies that was uh, a grueling moment. brutal yeah so brutal I know when you had first said it, like it's gonna be this or SLC Punk, I was like, oh my god, please can we talk about SLC <laughs> Punk? I love that movie so much. We can still talk about <laughs> SLC Punk. We can still we talk about it. I mean, but I did get to see a movie that I hadn't seen one thousand times already. Yeah, so yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. But um, but yes, the good comparison because yeah, that that scene in SLC Punk is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. But they do a good job of this in this movie of like building up the relationship. So that's like why you feel the like gravity of it when it happens yeah yeah exactly i wasn't ready for it i was not ready i saw it coming on some level but then you know when it really happens it's it's tough so um, it's tough apparently in the so this the script was based on a short story and it seems like it's like it's pretty true to it except that in the short story uh angus's dad is not dead <laughs> But he is gay. Uh, wow! <laughs> and for some reason, apparently they shot some scenes with the dad, and then they were like, <laughs> "Yeah, 1995 didn't really know how to handle." They weren't ready yet. Yeah. Now, director's cut. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what it added to the story. I feel like I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt that they cut it out because there's too much stuff going on. Um, <laughs> just a weird, yeah, just a, uh, just like a random uh, George C. Scott sex scene. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <what? laughs> well, and the woman that he was going to marry, because uh, there was this whole like, oh, she's young, marrying this younger woman. Yeah. And then the grandfather's like, oh, screw it, screw it. Who cares? Who cares what anybody else thinks? Like, I love her and she loves me. And then like, they discover that she's actually really in love with him. Yeah. And, you know, but she was also, I, I pinned her as the mom from The Crow. Oh, another soundtrack. Uh, yes, I know. I, I'm actually, we're going to add that to the list because that is also a pretty legendary soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I got to rewatch that. I've been meaning to. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize that. I haven't seen The Crow in so long. Yeah. She had a lot of bit parts like that in some of these 90s movies, but anyway. <laughs> 
Um, well, anyways, thank you for uh, choosing this movie, giving us both a chance to see it. It was, you know, it was such a periphery in my like childhood uh, music discovery experience, but I love that Green Day song. And I remember for years, like every time it would come on the radio, I'd be like, yes, finally, here it is. Yeah. And I like never really knew where it was, where it was from, but um, Angus soundtrack, I eventually figured it out mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, well, now I know don't need to see the movie now I just know I can find that song again <laughs> so I'm glad I got a chance to see it because it, it it all makes sense now awesome I'm glad I'm glad you got to see it I'm I'm glad I I'm glad so many people know the soundtrack because it rules um and I'm glad so many people like that Green Day song because anytime as soon as I hear that bass line I want to like flip a table that's it's still <laughs> to this day so um What's uh, what's going on with Depressed Mode? Are you guys going to be playing live shows anytime soon? Uh, are you working on anything? And where can people find out about you and your music? So we actually just started demoing. Um, we, we actually, after like a long break, because the world kind of ended for a little bit, we mm -hmm. really got back into uh, like a studio space. So um, we basically just <laughs> put a bunch of mics in there and said, fuck the bleed and just demoed stuff. Um, so we're gonna see how that comes out. So we're de we're definitely working on stuff a little slowly but surely. We I don't we I don't think we have any plans for shows, but it seems like things are starting to be planned. Um, you know, obviously, if we play any kind of show, we want it to be as safe as possible for anyone and and run safely. Um, but we would definitely love to play sometime soon in a in a safe atmosphere. So. Yeah, awesome. Same. We would. We are excited to play music for people uh, again. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, really. Thanks a lot for having me. And but yeah, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. All right. So I didn't know who's gonna say bye first. <laughs> we can all say bye. Matt, have a good weekend. Okay. Ready. One, two, three. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Basic Bitches Movie Club, produced by us, Basic Bitches. If you would like to know more about us, please visit basicbitchesband.com. Don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe to this podcast on your provider of choice.